You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. We're broadcasting live from Toronto. With the Edmonton Elks are up 7-6 on the Toronto Argonauts as we record this. My name is Oz Davis. Uh, I am coming to you as your co-host and joining me as always is Joe Pritchard. Joe, you got any uh, play-by-play for us on the game? Here? No, I'm not that talented. <laughs> the, the irrelevant poll of the CFL. Tuesday afternoon football, at least from my perspective, afternoon, early evening football between Edmonton and Toronto, the first of five games in this last week of the 2021 CFL season. Um, so a few things to talk about at the start of the show. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say really quick, I had a funny waste of time today. I actually went down a Joe Pritchard-themed rabbit hole quite by accident. Um, a mutual friend of ours is well-known in CFL Twitter circles, Greg Smith, um, known as uh, CFL America. Is that correct? This is um, Twitter tag? Yep. CFL America. Posted today about Here's an example. Here's an article about CFL fans in America. You know, this is why I have so many friends who love that game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so I open up the link, and it's like this proper newspaper. And it starts off quoting Joe Pritchard's Twitter bio and going into Joe's own story about his early formative years watching the CFL. And I'm like, okay, no, I knew the stories because we talked about it on this podcast before about how you got into the game and whatnot. But no, I was, I was reading this story. And, and then all of a sudden I get to the point where they're quoting CFL commissioner Jeffrey Orange. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Sure enough, I scroll back up. 2015. 2015. Can you imagine? It's been six years since you were the subject of a newspaper article on CFL family, Joe. Yeah, kind of makes me think I might have to change my Twitter bio because it's still pretty much the same yeah. thing. I've changed some <laughs> That's details. That's what I was going to say. I've changed some details, like, at, but the, like, the opening line of it hasn't changed for, at a minimum now, six years, probably longer than that. I'm thinking like 2014, but yeah. Well, you still think and tweet about the CFL way too much for a guy in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> it's still relevant. <laughs> and you must be killing it on the SEO if anybody's looking for that. <laughs> That's been up there for so long, it's aged really well at this point. <laughs> um, right. Let's I, I just wanted to talk briefly about last week's games. Um, there was some element of much ado about nothing many of these games so but i did want to talk about a couple that seem to be significant at least touch upon them uh we opened with toronto just spanking hamilton in toronto 31 12 
Uh, and Joe, I want to belatedly thank you. I should have thanked you at the time for picking Hamilton in, in the pick'em game. Uh, again, your hexing powers, you work wonders. And now Montreal is in the driver's seat for that second place, which I really wasn't expecting in my heart of hearts this week. Um, okay, now I'd like to ask you first um, if your opinion on Toronto changed after this game. Yes. I mean, okay, this nice. was a semifinal without being a semifinal. The winner was either, in Toronto's case, going to clinch for sure, or at the very least put themselves in a position to clinch um, if Hamilton would have won. And given that they would have been facing a rider team on the that would be going on the road and had already clinched second place, Hamilton's prob- Hamilton, if they would have won that game, is probably winning the East. So that was a yes. semifinal game without being an elimination game. Toronto is one step away from the Grey Cup now, and Hamilton is now needing to win an actual semifinal game where uh, elimination is a potential thing. So, <laughs> um, given the totality of what happened, and given that uh, Hamilton had seemed to be on a little bit of a better run, and Toronto was a little seemed like they were scuffling just a little bit. I could still, I still feel halfway decent about the logic I used. On the other hand, well, Hamilton isn't just isn't going to be who we thought they were going to be, and I and I fell for that trap one too many times. <laughs> I guess, yeah. You keep waiting for them to turn that corner. And they're just not really doing it this year. You know, they have a lot of impressive wins where they look calm and collected against, guess what, the dregs of the league, pretty much. Um, okay, now, real quick, I wanted to talk some Montreal 28, Winnipeg 14. Uh, again, I had been waiting for this game all year um, as the season went along. I had still had a very good feeling that Montreal was going to hand Winnipeg a loss here. Winnipeg came out, said very early in the in the week that they weren't going to play Zach Caleros. And I have the list here worth worth repeating. I'm sure most folks know this. Nick Taylor, Deatric Nichols, Jackson, Jeff Coates, Steve Richardson, Pat Neufeld, and Jamarian Grant all also sat out in this game. Montreal wins, combined with the Hamilton loss, Montreal's a very good positioning for the playoffs um, going forward. Now, Joe, this is what I wanted to discuss with you specifically. CFL Twitter, at least the Winnipeg side of it, is starting to get a tad insufferable. Okay, the attitude towards the Montreal game. And granted, they're being trolled a little bit by everybody else who's not a Winnipeg fan into, oh my God, you lost to Montreal. You must be very nervous now. And this kind of thing. But the Winnipeg fans are like, A, that game didn't count. And B, you know, you might as well give us the Grey Cup right now. Now, honestly, Joe, 
Do you want to defend this corner of Twitter? Do you want to get with them? Or do you want to like tap the brakes just a little bit? Can we all take just take a little bit of a breath here? Like okay. it's I know it's normally Grey Cup time, but you know, we got a couple more weeks to go here. <laughs> it's not over yet. It's not nearly over. Eleven and one feels a lot better than eleven and two, fair to be fair. So I think when the peg fans are a little bit grumpy about that. Uh, but like it, it, O'Shea, I, I actually O'Shea went a lot further than I thought he would have as far as sitting players all together. And then even the players that did start, some of the stars, uh, especially Adam Big Hill, I noticed yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Got a few snaps, kept, and then got them, and then were right out of there. So, uh, yeah. Winnipeg has the depth to deal with a couple of those players being gone, but not ten of them. So I don't think any team in this league could deal with five of their starters not being where they need to be. And Winnipeg was by the about the early second quarter were pretty much down to half of their starters in the game at that point. So there's only so much you can do at that point. So I think anybody trying to jump on them about losing to Montreal, well, they were in the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter with half of their starters out. So I don't, I think that might not be exactly the tech that they may want to take. On the other hand, it's not sewn up yet either. So, uh, I think I think O'Shea played it well. I think he made sure that some of the starters got a few got a few licks in, got were able to stay fresh, and then got the backups the experience because you're going to lose a player or two in the playoffs, and you want the backups to be ready. And I, I was just surprised at how how far he went to make that happen, especially considering week fourteen was pretty much starters start to finish. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But again, keeping them sharp. I mean, like you postulated last week, we'll probably see more of them this coming week. Although I understand that there's already a bunch of snow. Yep. Yep. So we'll see how conditions go and how, and how much they really want to show their hand at Calgary had, had been had it been a repeat of Montreal or Ottawa or anybody up from out east, maybe they play the starters a little bit longer. But I'm kind of thinking this week some of the starters will see action just like they did last week, and some of the starters that didn't travel last week will right. probably start this week, play a quarter right. or two, and then slowly find their way out of the game. Um, I don't ex and this is. And right now, I don't expect Zach Claris to play, given that uh, he became a father today. So uh, congratulations to him and the missus. And uh, I don't expect to see him in action this Saturday. But if he does happen to play, I don't think he's there past halftime, if he even gets that far. Okay, but... Yeah, and I understand, you know, it's it's unfair to to call this a real loss. You know, this is one of those asterisk loss, losses for Winnipeg. But I stand by that it's not a meaningless game, especially for those of us who bet it, by the way. But it's not a meaningless game 
for Montreal. We needed this win. No, you needed that. You absolutely needed that win as a Montreal fan to have a chance to host. Now, I still don't think you're hosting the semi. Give it that Saskatchewan will be traveling to Hamilton and they've already clinched second place. So I don't think they travel Mm -hmm. many of their starters because this is the one week that they get to rest players before they before they hit the semifinal. So they're going right. to give as many of their starters a buy as they could possibly give them. So I still think you're traveling to Hamilton, but at least it's in play that if something weird happens, you have a shot at it. <laughs> well, I'm not putting against Hamilton, not winning when we expect them to win. Um, not this season. Okay. But I mean, again, I got to, I got to ask are the Bombers going to cruise? I mean, are you worried about anybody? Because it seemed to me that the opinion on Twitter, on CFL Twitter, was that now that Hamilton was completely exposed by the Argonauts, the Bombers are going to cruise. Are you down with that? No. Okay. No. Brady, who, who are you most worried about? Most worried about? Playoffs slash cup. Hmm. Yes. Most worried about, I would say I'd be most worried about Calgary. It's got it because they've been they started two and five, and they didn't quite catch Saskatchewan, but they at least made it a fight at the end. So they've come from they've come from um, way back to clinch third safely and easily and not even make it a consideration at this point. Um, They have the most experienced quarterback out West, not named Mike Riley, who won't be in the playoffs. Uh, They, and they have the coaching staff to, that has been in this big situation before. I'm a little bit more worried about them than I would be about Saskatchewan because Saskatchewan doesn't, doesn't seem to be able to handle Calgary and Winnipeg. They beat everybody else, but they do not. Um, they don't seem to have a handle on those two. So I'm not too worried about Saskatchewan. Um, their their offense is also Saskatchewan's offense is also not very prolific, and and given that Winnipeg's defense is as dominant as they are, we saw what happened when those to clash around Labor Day and Badger Bowl. And don't tell me those two aren't big games, even though the regular season games. Those are emotion-filled games. And Saskatchewan really didn't have a good game in either of those. So I'm, I'm less worried about Saskatchewan. Not to say that I wouldn't sit there and be nervous the whole dang time because it is Saskatchewan and it is the playoffs. So anything can happen. But um, as far as the East goes, Hamilton doesn't worry me anymore because right this is what folks they've been this is this is the narrative inconsistent to be at best um i don't think montreal worries me that much because they had everything going for them and it was still a game in the fourth quarter home Winnipeg resting a bunch of starters, Winnipeg with a very inexperienced quarterback, and yet it's a game until the fourth quarter. I, I, I'm not really on board with Montreal uh, being a big threat. Um, 
Toronto would be the only other team I could think of as a threat. Calgary and Toronto are the two teams I'd rather not see if I can at all help it. Because Toronto beat Winnipeg when Winnipeg was throwing everything they had at them. It's the only team this year that's done that. So if I have a choice, I see Saskatchewan in the West, in the, in the West final, and I see Hamilton yes. or Montreal. That No, mind you, that means that uh, that means that the semi that the semifinals have to go to the away teams most likely, but or and the East final also has to go to the away team. But yeah, I, those are, that's what if I'm a Winnipeg fan, I want Saskatchewan in the West final, and I want the semifinal winner in the Grey Cup. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I feel like that if it's Calgary Winnipeg in the West final, that could be your you know. Secret Grey Cup uh, game. That, could that be might be, yes. Of the playoffs. I am going to be, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Calgary got off to the slow start, the two and five start, five and one in the second half going into this final game and beat uh, BC Lions 33 23 last week. It seems to me that Calgary has got the old magic back where they're able to come from behind and win. They're able to close out teams and win. Uh, They're able to overcome the traditional slow start in these games from the offense. And uh, yeah, I think they're the only team trending upward. If you have Winnipeg on a flat line, which they've been, you know, since the beginning of the season, Calgary, I think is the only team in the league on, that's trending up. I uh, am going to be very interested to see the point spread if it's Calgary, Winnipeg in the finals. Unless Calgary blows Saskatchewan out in that first game, uh, the point spread, I can guarantee you, in the West Finals is going to be too high. I, I think they're going to handicap Winnipeg way too many points against Calgary. So, like I say, as a, as a gambling man, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing those point spreads uh right let's move on to do we have any can anything change it yes in the east uh the season yes playoff scenarios i have those in front of me if you'd like me to go through them oh great i didn't think there was much to uh, discuss yes there is so we know one two three in the west winnipeg Saskatchewan, Calgary. So Calgary goes to Saskatchewan for the West Semi. We know Toronto's hosting the East Final. We do not know the order of two and three, although we can take a pretty good guess at this point. (laughs) Um, And I hate to tell you this, but I think it's Hamilton, Montreal. So let's go through exactly how that could change. Uh, So first off, any, any way that so Montreal, if Montreal loses, Hamilton could do whatever they want. Their game is irrelevant because Montreal goes first. Uh, so if Montreal loses, Hamilton hosts Montreal in the semi. If Hamilton wins their game, whatever Montreal does is irrelevant. Same thing. Hamilton hosts. Now, they are tied in the standings. So a Montreal win and a Hamilton loss or a tie, and Montreal is hosting the semi. If they both tie, which, okay, that's not going to happen, but it's written here, so I'm going to read it. If they both tie, 
Well, Hamilton wins the tiebreaker, right? So Hamilton is hosting the East Semi. The, and the last I, scenario... I love how they provide for that. ...is that if Montreal ties and Hamilton loses, Montreal finishes ahead of them in the standings and hosts the East Semi. So they're tied right now. So to take all that and to make it a lot simpler than line by line, they're tied right now, but Hamilton wins the tie. Montreal has to go ahead of Hamilton in the standings to host the East Final. If Hamilton goes ahead, well, obviously they're hosting the semi anyway. But if they end up tied at the end of the week, well, Hamilton wins that tiebreaker. And that's that for the playoffs. We've That's our last playoff scenario, and now I'm sad. You should be sad, last playoff scenarios. Right? Gee, now all we can talk about is the playoffs. And the last week of games. Yes, um, and we talk. And if we talk about the playoffs, that means this whole thing is coming to an end very, very soon. And that's another reason yep. to be sad. <laughs> oh sure, oh sure, yeah. But all good things. Dot dot dot. Edmonton is now up on Toronto, ten to six. Uh, should should remind that Antonio Lipkin is starting for the Argonauts. So. They're benching a lot of their starters today, too. And I picked Edmonton to... for the first time in, like, months, so. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. Wow. Because Edmonton's, See, playing, Edmonton's playing some semblance of a starting lineup, and Toronto's not, yes. so. So it's basically, like, who do you like better, the second string for Toronto or the first string for Edmonton? Yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons why Winnipeg played so well. Uh, at Montreal with that second string is because they're deep on top it's of because their else. second string would finish third place right now. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, but I wouldn't go that far. If we were playing an 18 game season, um, Calgary would probably have a pretty decent record. They'd probably end up 11 and seven with the momentum that they've got right now. So for example, so it's tough to say if the second string would finish third, maybe fifth out of nine out of 10, maybe I, I believe fifth. Right. Let's, let's talk about some of the games that, that matter a little bit more, should be a little bit more interesting. Uh, they're going to have to play this one out. Ottawa is a 14 point underdog. Uh, sorry, 14. Yeah. 14 point underdog at Montreal uh, on Monday afternoon slash late evening. Um, I I was looking at this today, and again, Montreal has to win to have a chance at that second place and hosting that playoff game. I was thinking that they're going to try and really run up the score in this thing. I think they really want to go into the playoffs strong either way. I think they're really going to break. They're really going to open up the playbook here against Ottawa, who. I'm sure we'll be giving the effort, but probably still don't have the ponies to play against Montreal if you know we're, if we're just going to run the ball at all afternoon. So I think Montreal covers this fourteen. What do you got? I can't. I can't see why not. No, because Montreal has something to play for. Ottawa has nothing to play for but draft positioning, and well, they're not. I'm sure they're not going to be all that super enthused to try to not finish last, but you know, <laughs> pride, pride is a weird thing sometimes. So maybe they will, who knows? 
yeah, well, maybe they'll be kind and send a bunch of these guys home early. <laughs> you know, it's like they got nothing to play for next week. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure we'll see. Now. I'm sure we'll see plenty of uh, plenty of players we haven't seen a whole lot of this year as they see what they have before mm-hmm. they hit training camp next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. How about this one? Edmonton. <laughs> Kind of wait for this game to finish, but they're the bookmakers are forced to put up these lines. Uh, Edmonton are four and a half point underdogs at BC. Oh, okay. Well, here's a game that really doesn't mean anything. I can't imagine how many fans would be at this game, only the hard boys. And in Vancouver, that probably means about 880. Do we even want to pick this game? What? Who are you going to pick in this game? Because you're going to do pick them. So I, I, I'm going to pick BC. BC simply because Edmonton okay. will be beat to crap by them. Like the only reason they're playing <laughs> well, this that's game. Well, that's only the second game. Yeah. No, that's well, remember, this is game two. Edmonton played on Saturday. Oh, right. They're playing that's, that's... tonight, as we're recording on Tuesday night for release on Wednesday. And then they go Friday. So it's three games in the span of seven days, which, well. We've, we've discussed that topic a few times. And if you feel like it, go back and, and see what we had to say about it then. Um, but yeah, Edmonton's going to be beat. I'm sure they're going to empty the practice roster and use the one game injured list liberally to try to get some fresh bodies in there. And they, and they didn't play some of their vets on Saturday. They played some of them tonight. So who knows how they're going to flip flop, but they're not going to be at full strength, put it that way. And even at full strength this year, they haven't been all that good. Uh, BC is starting Nathan Rourke. um, And they have a little bit. BC has no, really nothing right on this one. So we might see the playbook get put wide open against a team that just may be a step slower than usual because of the schedule. So now I guess the, the real test of CFL hardcore fandom, who's going to be watching this one at 1030 Eastern? Like uh, no one. If you're doing that, more power. Well, to if, if you're doing that, you're probably also watching one of the late NBA games, NHL games, or you have a gambling. That's also that's a possibility. Either that you love this league a lot, you happen to be a family member of one of these guys. This isn't one that's going to get the the that's going to get the uh, the no, uh, casual no, viewer. No, put it that no. way. ESPN is not going to be showing this on ESPN two. Uh, <laughs> let's see. All right. So then, I guess this is a meaningless game for Saskatchewan, who's a five and a half point underdog at Hamilton. Yeah, and so it's meaningless for Saskatchewan, which and it's meaningful for Hamilton if Montreal wins. So if Hamilton's got something to play for, I don't see why they don't win this game. Okay. Because it's not like Saskatchewan is going to be pulling out all the stops because they have nothing nothing to lose. They have a lot to lose if they have if they play their starters and they get hurt. So they'll be playing they'll be playing the rest up for the playoffs card. So it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Sorry. Montreal is going to be heading yep. to Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. I don't like these rollover scenarios, but it makes a lot of sense. It, it makes too much sense. And there were 14 games, so this one, well. Okay, now what do you get for Winnipeg at Calgary? Winnipeg just four-point favorite. What do you guess Calgary does here? 
does Calgary show something? You know, are they going to be experimenting with the Winnipeg defense here? Are they going to play this game? Because they can't do anything. It's meaningless for them. But I can't help thinking that knowing they're going to see these guys again very well, you know, thinking that they're going to see these guys again soon, that they're going to actually game effort in here. So how do you think Dickens is going to play this one? I think they play close to the best. I think this is going to look like a preseason game on both fronts. You might see Calgary show Winnipeg something they want Winnipeg to see and vice versa. Like something that they have to keep in the back of their mind is their game planning for a potential West final. But I don't see the game being full of chaos either. I don't see a lot of trick plays. I don't see a lot of fanciness. Um, I don't see the starters for the given given the roster sizes, some starters are going to have to play it out, but I don't see either team having most of their starters in by the middle of the third quarter. I'll tell you who's going to play the whole thing. Reggie Bagleton. Bagleton just came back last week, 140 plus yards. Yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree. The players that haven't seen a lot of game time this year are going to take this as a tune up, but there's only like what? Bagleton yeah, and who Bagleton else? in a cast of thousands, like they used to say in seventies movies. But yeah, I mean, right. I don't know. I guess you can still play daily fantasy with the weekend game. I imagine most proper fantasy leagues are done. Are they? Joe, is your fantasy league done? Uh, we're still going because it's because we're doing the the salary cap league as as we mentioned. So we're still going, and we'll and they'll go on through the playoffs. And actually, given all the issues I've had this year, I'm in a okay. battle for the playoffs myself. Okay. So hopefully if I win this week, I'm in. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Bagleton's going to be a great play this week. I, think. I played him last week. Oh, nice. Because I did, because and it and it may have given me the win. And it may have made up for the fact that uh, I had the money for him because I played Sean McGuire. Because I could, nice. so I did. And he was five thousand dollars, which is the cheapest it goes for quarterbacks. So I had extra stuff. I had like five thousand extra dollars for a receiver. So hey, nice. why not Reggie Bagleton? Okay, all right. So great. I did, and uh, and it paid off. All right, mm-hmm. let's talk that. Who do you go with? Considering that there's going to be a lot of yanking the quarterbacks, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks playing next week. Who would you go with in this Friday Saturday slip? So remember, Edmonton's Edmonton's got two games. So I did pick a few Edmonton Elks, including their defense, Mm. including Taylor Cornelius, because he's not one of the higher paid quarterbacks to begin with. And he might give me two games, or at least he's going to give me one tonight, even if he doesn't play Friday. Well, he already ran one in. Yeah. He already ran one in. Yeah. And then Jalen Tolliver is a cheap receiving, a cheap receiver for less than $4,000. That might give me two games. Even if I get one out of these guys, it's still the same. It's still, I'm at least getting something out of them, but I might get a bo- some bonus points on Friday night for all I know. Okay, so that's a salary cap league. So you're playing it with DFS style lineups. Right. Um, is that the call for everybody in your league? I would think that there's going to be plenty of Edmonton Elks on anybody in my league. And I happen to be facing uh, Superfan Mike, so I'm sure there's at least a couple. <laughs> matter of fact i can check right. that right now as i'm thinking about it okay no so he's got cornelius and Tolliver like i do but he does not have edmonton's defense mm. i like edmonton's defense good call good call there 
Although you worry a little bit about BC, about with a backup, I guess you don't. So that's a, that's a pretty good call. And it was the cheapest defense I could get. So what about okay? What about I suppose uh, a stand back is the real budget ring. Huh? Sure, but I fit him. Okay, yeah, that would be a good pick too. I think I don't know if he'll play too long, but well, I mean, who's gonna stop? Who's gonna stop him? It's not if they got something to play for against Ottawa. The longer that game goes, yeah. that it's close, the better standback's going to be for your money. Uh, Joe, you're on a roll here. Any last tips, advice, uh, thoughts, whatnot to to help us out? I mean, we're going to bet against you in CFL. Yes. So take everything I just told you and don't do it because I'm six and nine <laughs> in fantasy this year. Although I'm like third or fourth. I want to say I was like third or fourth in total points. I just happened to have had some bad luck as far as no, I'm oh, fifth yeah. now by 15 points. So considering the cast of characters we have in this league, I don't feel terrible about yeah. that, but that always happens. There's always, there's always one of those guys. There's always one guy that doesn't score a lot of points, but then, you know, he doesn't get a lot of points scored on him. And then the reverse the week you're facing him. <laughs> He goes for 150. Well, no, it's more like the week you're facing him, you go for 60. <laughs> like everybody you have gets injured or doesn't catch a pass. Yeah, that that's what happens because he's he's on the good luck run, right? You're on the bad luck run where you score a ton of points, but then you play the guy that scores a ton of points. You're doing the thing where you have the second high score in the league, but the guy you played at the first high score, right? That's that's what your team. You're like getting all the points, but your defense is terrible, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's all there is to it. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm like six in the standings and fifth overall, so I think my luck has evened out some. So, yeah, your Pythagorean theorem is, is pretty yes. much where it should be. <laughs> Imagine doing that. Imagine doing metrics for your fantasy. League. I'm not that degenerate. <laughs> oh, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to Travis and Todd. Right. <laughs> it's also not wrong, but. I love those guys. They're great. <laughs> oh man, that's hard. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a little bit of a looser structure when the games are less meaningful. Right. Okay. Well, we're gonna wrap it there. Uh, one more week of games. Enjoy the games. I'm Oz Davis for my co-host Joe Pritchard. This has been the Rouge White and Blue CFL podcast. Talk to you next week during playoffs. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 